0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening and thanks for joining. I just wrote an article and I just posted it on Twitter as well. And there's always much more that you can put on paper. So when I finished the article, I thought I'm, um, I'll just uh, tell a bit more about what I've just been researching and just been writing about the history of Valentine's Day. And it's also an effort to try to better integrate my writing and my podcasting two different activities and there's more and more overlap and that's exactly what i'm trying to achieve here so on the history of valentine's day my personal history is that when i grew up in the netherlands that i had never heard of valentine's day it's it's only in the 1980s i guess that for the first time i i heard about it that was probably in in my student days at high school it was just something that that's it it i never heard about it but in the past decade, it's getting more and more popular to, to celebrate this day of romance and, and love. And there was recently some research done, and it turns out that in my generation, defined as uh, everybody born before 1985, only 20% is doing something special on the 14th of February. But if you look a- among young people in the Netherlands, that is now about half of them that is celebrating this day. So it seems that the, the generation of Greta Thunberg, who is uh, reminding the world leaders to to love and protect our beautiful planet, is equally uh, the same generation that is also telling their loved ones uh, of their feelings on Valentine's Day, uh, something that the older generation, at least in the non-Anglo-Saxon world, is less used to do, uh, including on, on the 14th of February. Now, if you look at the American newspapers and the American media, uh, they prefer a different kind of statistics to measure the popularity of a day of romance. And it's purely expressed in uh, finance. I just learned that the Americans are spending more this year to show their love on Valentine's Day. And um, I suppose an expected spending of nearly $24 billion on Valentine's Day gifts means that Americans must love each other a lot. It's something that we don't know in Europe. Uh, Maybe some people buy an old-fashioned postcard or maybe some flowers, but I guess that's about all that you see. I've never heard of anybody buying, for instance, uh, jewelry or expensive gifts uh, for anybody else. So the average US citizen is now spending on this one day uh, uh, about $200. And it turns out that if you just fell in love, if you're a new relationship, you spend more. And if you know each other for a longer time, uh, you are you're spending less. And that may be coming back to what I said about Greta Thunberg, since our love relationship between humans and the planet is something like 200,000 years old, you can imagine why we are spending so little money on environment. Uh, and so much, uh, so much more on the people directly close to us. So Valentine's Day wasn't always a day of spending, and I, I wonder what Valentine himself would say if we would somehow be able to to travel back in time. And th- that is very complicated because there's literally like a dozen Valentines in history, and if you narrow it down, there are still about a handful of them in in the in the, the later days of, of the Roman Empire. So the Catholic Church is recognizing at least three different St. Valentines, and they were all martyred, they were all murdered by the Romans, and they're they either named Valentine or Valentius. And two of them, uh, both, both named Valentine, were actually executed by the same Emperor Claudius II, both on February the 14th um, in uh, the 3rd century, and uh, it was not in the same year but all the other things were the same same place as well it was um, outside uh, the walls of rome Uh, they were beheaded so he seemed to have started some kind of valentine's tradition that is quite different than uh, the one that we are celebrating nowadays so of all these valentines my favorite is the one who secretly performed marriages for young lovers and why did he did why did he do all this it was because uh, the emperor thought that if young men get married, they are less inclined to fight and to risk their lives in battle. So he made for young soldiers, it was it was forbidden to get married. And this valentine didn't agree, so he was doing secret marriages. And then he was caught and uh, the, the punishment in the Roman days was, uh, especially for Christians, was always quite swift and brutal, and that meant a beheading, uh, if not being uh, thrown for lions or other animals in the Colosseum. In this case, it was a beheading. Um, now, the, the story, there's there's another uh, uh, runner-up for the title of being the real St. Valentine. That's Valentine of Terny, um, one of those many uh, Valentines. Um, but uh, he uh, although he's the other one that got executed on that special day uh, he d- doesn't seem to be the one from everything that I have read but th- the history is very murky and there's, there's there's not much not much known and a lot of rumors one of the most beautiful rumors about uh, the, the Valentine of Rome as he is called the first guy I mentioned is a beautiful love story when he was imprisoned uh he is said to have fallen in love with the beautiful daughter of uh, the the jailer, the guy that kept him in there. And she visited him in his cell and he fell completely in love. And then while waiting for his execution, he was allowed to write a letter. And under that uh, very first Valentine's letter in the history of mankind, he wrote at the bottom, from your Valentine. I think that is absolutely romantic. Uh, it makes him my uh, my first choice uh, to be uh, the first Valentine, uh, and anybody who knows the opera Tosca uh, will immediately uh, remember the the uh, famous part where uh, Kavar Adosian, uh, uh, is, uh is 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 uh, is writing this letter, and, uh, not knowing that he was supposed to survive uh, the execution that will soon take place afterwards it's a beautiful opera if you someday get to it so um, i love this story and uh, therefore i believe that all those other valentines are not the real ones uh, in modern day speak people would call that fake news and um, uh, the real one should be saint valentine of rome now unfortunately the catholic church in in all its wisdom uh, that at once made him a saint uh, decided in 1969 that although he is still listed officially as a saint uh, they stopped the veneration of him um, that's a, a, a level of Catholicism that I don't uh, don't reach uh, but uh, it, it seems that he uh, he was moved to a lower tier of saintdom uh, than some other saints now although the uh, uh, the, the truths of of who the real Valentine is and what really happened, we will, of course, never know. But in all these stories, they emphasize that uh, Valentine was a very sympathetic guy and he was, he was brave. He was a hero. He was also a romantic figure. And that means that in the middle ages, uh, thanks to this reputation, he became one of the most popular saints in England and in France in, in typical uh, late Middle Age uh, ages uh, fashion, and uh, there's there's an interesting article in the magazine Historia uh, about the origins of Valentine's Day as originally a pagan festival in February. Um, uh, some say that it is celebrated in February to commemorate the anniversary of Valentine's death, um, which was around the year 270. Uh, so quite late in, in Roman history. Um, uh, others claim that the Christian church may have decided to place St. Valentine's Feast Day in the middle of February to Christianize a pagan celebration, uh, which was called uh, Lupercalia. And that is something you often see. It's the same, let's say, that the Christmas tree was included uh, in Christmas as some kind of Christian symbol which of course you don't find in the bible and there's there's many other old let's say germanic celebrations of of uh, fertility or of uh, the the coming of the light or the 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 turning of of um, the uh, solacist the the longest day um that were already celebrated and they were all kind of kind of christianized they were the story was a bit changed and uh, that happened here as well, uh, some historians claim, and I think that's that's quite likely the way they explain it. So uh, on February 15th, so one day later, um, uh, Lupercalia was a fertility festival dedicated to Faunus, uh, which is the Roman god of agriculture, but also um, uh, to uh, the Roman founders of Romus and Remulus. And... Uh, what happened was that at the start of this festival, the, the, the members of the in order of Roman priests would gather at a sacred cave where the infants Romus and Remulus, so the, the founders of the city of Rome, um, they were believed to have been cared for by the famous uh, wolf Lupa. You've probably seen uh, all kinds of pictures or statues of, of, of this uh, um early history of the city of Rome and the priest then sacrificed a goat for fertility and also a dog for purification and now it all gets a bit uh, a bit dirty they would then strip the goat hide into strips and dip these into the sacrificial blood and uh, take to the streets and what they then did they were gently slapping uh, both women as well as crop fields with the goat hide. Um, uh, It says here in the version of Historia that far from being fearful, the Roman women welcomed the touch of the heights because it was believed to make them more fertile in the coming coming year, which is also why they touched the crop fields. They also wanted the fertile crops. Uh, Later in the day, according to the legend, All the young women in the city would then place their names in a big bun and the city's bachelors would each choose a name and become paired for the year and in other sources I read for the day uh, with that chosen women and that these uh, matches often ended in marriage. Now, Arnie Seipel wrote about 10 years ago also on uh, uh, on, on this same festival and he used a slightly different tone. He quoted uh, Noel Lensky. It's a historian at um, uh, UC uh, University of Colorado in Boulder. Beautiful um, university where uh, I've often spoken in the past at the Conference on World Affairs. And uh, he described this quite differently. He says that the Romans were drunk and they were naked. And uh, Seipel called it a, a brutal event. So, the, well, I'm no expert at all. But I have the impression that Historia's description is a bit, let's say, jolly, uh, including assuming that all women in Rome were very eager to get pregnant, which I doubt whether that is at least the case with with all of them. So I tend to go a bit for the the bolder version uh, of what was really happening there. Now, when we go a bit further in history, when we're in the 5th century, uh, there was Pope uh, Galasius, and... Uh, he then combined St. Valentine's Day with uh, Lupercalia and expelled all these pagan rituals and by that time the festival had already become more kind of an interpretation of what it once had been and it was uh, basically one drunken party and uh, uh, still nobody was dressed so one of the big changes that uh, the Pope introduced was that the Christians uh, put clothes uh, back on uh, to the man, but it seems that it didn't stop them from uh, a day of celebrating fertility and love. So this is fifth century. Now we move forward in history, and these are all things where I didn't have uh, I didn't have the time nor the space in the in the about eight hundred or thousand words that I try to have as a maximum for my articles. But um, before I went to Shakespeare. Uh, we first have to look in the, the very late Middle Ages, so a little bit further already. Um, we, we're uh, in fourteenth century actually, um, there uh, until the 14th century, there was no there's no record at all of any romantic celebrations of uh, of Valentine's Day, but then there was a poem. Uh, written by uh, Chaucer if I pronounce that impossible name correctly and uh, he links a tradition of courtly love with the celebration of st Valentine's feast day um, and there's an association that didn't exist until uh, his uh, his his poem and thats that was quite widely read for those days there was no internet yet and that refers that poem refers to february the 14th as the day that birds and humans come together to find a mate which is by the way interesting because i wrote in one of my newsletters of a couple of months ago uh, the oldest text written in dutch the netherlands here i was talking about uk but in netherlands the very oldest text in dutch that we have ever found which is actually older than this text um, it's just one line and it's uh, something uh, easily translated like, um, in the month of May, all the birds are laying in the egg. Uh, why not you and me? And uh, it's been given many different interpretations. Most people say it's very romantic. Uh, the man was in love and wanted uh, to make an egg as well with his uh, loved one. Um, so... Uh, it's, it's interesting that that uh, comes a bit back in this uh, text as well um, when, when we then move forward in history we come to Shakespeare uh, he uh, really romanticized it in his work so uh, it it, uh, it was through Shakespeare that uh, Valentine's Day in A Midsummer Night's Dream and in Hamlet and, and there's of course Romeo and Juliet as well uh where where he really uh, uh, gives it a boost and makes it uh, uh, international and then finally it came to north america and in the industrial revolution uh, it became possible to make uh, at at uh, at the speed of of factories to make uh, well wishing carts and there was of course the 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 postal system was uh, was well developed so in 1913, it was Hallmark Cards in Kansas City that began mass-producing these Valentines, and that has given it an enormous boost, which probably makes that um, February the 14th is now such an enormous thing, uh, mainly in America. I think also in Ireland, also in the UK, as far as I can judge, uh, but much less so in um, in the rest of the world. There's actually a couple of countries where it is forbidden... I don't want to get into that, but it's interesting to, to Google and you find some uh, interesting articles about it. Now, uh, briefly back to St. Valentine, um, if you, by listening to this podcast, get so interested in the guy or in one of the many guys, um, the skull of St. Valentine, adorned with flowers, is on display in the Basilica of Santa Maria in uh, Cosmedine in Rome. And... Um, in In the early eighteen hundreds, they were excavating uh, one of the catacombs near Rome, and they found the 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 skeleton of saint valentine and what then happened in 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 typically um, uh, the tradition of the relics in in uh, in in the in in the church uh, is that it, all kinds of bits and pieces were distributed all over the world. so Poor Valentine can now be found in uh, the Czech Republic, in Ireland, in Scotland, in England, in France, and in Italy as well. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if there would be more countries where you could find bits and pieces of uh, Valentine. So um, all this has not stopped the, the enormous rise of the popularity of Valentine's Day. Um, it is uh, the, or at least one of the uh, most Uh, interest uh, most uh, popular days to um, uh, to ask uh, your loved one uh, to marry you I was just while reading into uh, some background for this article I just found out that Mark Knopfler of the Dire Straits um, also asked uh, his wife to marry him on uh, Valentine's Day when they were in Barbados I have no idea why I'm mentioning this but I read it a couple of hours ago and it's still in in my head uh, because I put a bit of the uh, one of the song texts of Mark Knopfler um, from that must be from the from the album of Making Movies in 1980, um, all the way at the bottom of the article uh, because there he uh, refers to Romeo and Juliet. You you quite like uh, quite probably uh, know this song. Uh, reading about the background was by the way also interesting. Um, because uh, there is, and I didn't make any notes here. I'm thinking here off the top of my head. There is this line that you know in the song uh, where Juliet sings, um, oh, Romeo, uh, yeah, I used to have a scene with him. And that is actually a quote by an ex-partner uh, of Mark Mark Knopfler who was interviewed and uh, spoke kind of that low of him in that interview and he got back at her by um uh, by singing this song about her and putting this quote back in her mouth this is the way how artists can take revenge at each other um not a true Valentine's thought but i thought it was um, amazing to read about it because i've heard that song thousands of times in my life and i uh, never knew that um so uh let me see we are now uh at um uh towards the end of everything i wanted to say i have much more all kinds of other old texts but i don't want to want to go in there so this is basically all kinds of history about uh valentine's day i believe it is beautiful to have a day of romance and a day of love and that it is celebrated i think it's um It's a pity that it's so extremely commercialized. Uh, Why do people have to spend so much money? And as I wrote in the article, uh, the Americans spend tomorrow on one day more money, uh, 50 times more money... Than the annual budget of the United Nations Environment Programme, and then if you ask me what is more relevant, I would say it's essential that people love each other and that that people are kind to each other, Uh, but why waste such enormous amounts of money you can also... Express your your love and your romantic feelings and whatever feelings you have for each other uh, in much cheaper ways and uh, and set other priorities. I don't think it has to be so uh, materialistic. Um, so that is my view. I want to to end here. I uh, hope that all of you will have a beautiful Valentine's Day. And uh, if you listen to this. Uh, Uh, tomorrow because most people are sleeping now already i think at least all of those regular listeners in europe i hope that they are sleeping by now Um, but for those of you that listen to this tomorrow or in the coming days i i hope you have um, a lovely time let me know what you think about um, combining an article and then doing a podcast afterwards telling more about the article because it's something i've never done Uh, I didn't put too much preparation in this one, unlike in most other podcasts that often take me days to prepare. Um, This was quite spontaneous and it's it's a bit of a tryout. That's why I have two shows. Um, uh, The podcast show called The Planet is the more serious one with serious interviews, etc. And the news is more chatty. I either do a monologue. I don't often do that. I do it right now. Normally I do it with Alistair Doyle and I have a few other people that also uh, want to join in that. So it will probably more, I expect more in the future that it's together with one other host or two other hosts. Um, But this one was a tryout. So those of you that that listen to this, uh, write to me a DM on Twitter or use the writing function Uh, that you have in uh, call-in, and I see that the first people are using that already. Uh, That's wonderful. You can just use the little envelope and you can just uh, write to me. Um, Bear with me one more moment. Tomorrow morning, for those living in Eastern time, uh, I have a very interesting uh, guest. uh, Noemi Knight will be here tomorrow. And she wrote... A children's book, Popoto. Uh, Popoto is the name of a Maui dolphin. There's only about 60 of them left uh, near um, the Northern island of uh, New Zealand, uh, but they are trying to protect him. So we will speak about dolphins, about writing children's books and about all kinds of motivation. On Thursday at 3 o'clock Eastern time, so that is noon in the Pacific, and that is 9 o'clock in the evening, almost most in Europe, and that's 8 o'clock in the evening in the UK. On Thursday, um, I will look back at the news of this week with Alistair Doyle. And likely there will be later in this week another one, but uh, I don't know yet. I'm still working on a few things, so I'll, uh, I'll let you know. With that, i let you go. Thanks so much for listening and hope to uh, see you back at uh, the other podcast. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.